This is Alaska Reed, and you're listening to Songliner. Today's guest is Petey, P-E-T-E-Y, in case I confused somebody, because maybe I've said his name so many times, I needed to spell it. Anyways, today's guest is Petey, and I'm very happy to have him on the show. He kind of blew my mind, as all the guests do, because I obviously make assumptions before people come on the show about their process or about the thing that's most important to them in a song. And so far, without fail, they always surprise me. And that's what I love about this. And I hope y'all love that too. So PD has a crazy process of how (laughs) he starts writing a song. So please enjoy that and listen to it. The album he just put out on September 22nd, I believe, is called USA. And we talk about the song I'll Wait from that album. Big thanks to my producer Bronwyn, as always, and please enjoy this episode with Petey. And catch him, I think he's touring around the U.S. right now, so go go catch him. It's hard to keep track, everyone's on tour, or everyone's taking like a week break and then they're back on tour again, but go catch Petey. You know what's funny is because I was doing some snooping on you and I realized you're from Detroit. Yeah, I was born in Detroit, in like the suburbs of Detroit, and then I moved to Chicago when I was like eight. So I still have family and stuff there, but like I feel like my formative roots are in Chicago, but we were bopping around back and forth. My mom is from Detroit, and my grandparents live in Oxford, Michigan. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know where that is? I do, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, uh, so I went back and forth between Detroit and like Grand Rapids a lot as a kid, so that's where my family's at. Uh, But... Yeah, I'm super into, like, Chicago sports, so I'm always wearing, like, Chicago sports hats and jerseys, like, all the time, so that's why a lot of people just, like, kind of assume that I've been there my whole life, but pretty close. Yeah, Midwest, Midwest. You know, it's funny, too, because my mom's always saying she's, like, because I remember when I moved to California from Montana when I was younger, I saw my first rock shows in LA and my mom was also there with me, of course, because I was like, a, I was younger. I was 14. Yeah, cool though. Yeah, she's like, you got to see a rock show in Michigan, the Midwest. She's like, people really, really have a thing in the Midwest for rock music. Do you think that's true? Um, I think there's something to be said for going to concerts in cities that are like outside of LA and New York in general that I've noticed because it's just like, I don't know, I feel like if you go, you go to a show in Chicago, uh, it's just fans there and it's just people who are buying tickets specifically because they're like a huge fan of the band. And I feel like uh, going to shows in LA and New York or even playing at them, it almost feels like more like an industry event, sort of like a shitty way kind of. Um, and so I don't know, I just feel like that permeates the vibe of most shows that I go to in a little bit of a bummer way. So I kind of understand what, where your mom's coming from. It's just you go to a show in the Midwest and it's just like you are certain that everyone there is just a huge fan of the band. And those are the only people there. Uh, and it creates just like kind of like a different vibe and a different energy. Uh, but yeah, totally. Okay. Rock shows in, in Michigan. I know I got to go out there. My grandparents are always like, come, come play. But it's always hard to route tours and stuff unless you're doing something big. For sure, yeah. I mean, Detroit's a tough market too, but like, you know, Grand Rapids is growing. I feel like more tours are stopping there. That's a cool town. Um, But yeah, we're doing a whole like 
our whole second leg is a big Midwest thing I'm super excited about. I love small Midwestern towns. They're some of my favorite places to be. My favorite place I've played is Columbus, Ohio, because my dad's from Ohio. Yeah. So he's not from Columbus, but I played there and my cousins came down and people were just so crazy at the show, but not in like a mean, bad way, because sometimes you have that. Yeah. But they were just excited, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the best. I love the best part about touring is just being surprised by cities that you wouldn't necessarily like go to on vacation. But you're stopping there and then you realize it's an awesome place. Des Moines, Iowa is that for me too. Like I, I love that. Yeah. That's cool. Awesome. So your demo, I don't know, it just, it really rocked. And it kind of reminded me of the Japan droids a bit or something. I really love that band. Just that pure energy. Totally, yeah. And we had the blown out guitars in it too. So that that was fun. We just did DI guitars and then blew them out. And that, yeah, we, we were thinking Japan droids as we were doing it also. about how that song came about how did you start it was it just you by yourself i mean walk me through either your typical process or the process of that song or this one's kind of an interesting one because i like deviated from my typical process so like in the past i usually just make loops on logic like midi loops 
um, I can't really play piano or keyboard, but I like to like plug in MIDI notes on the grid and like make synth loops out of them just by using really like shitty sounding Logic stock stuff. And then I'll write a whole song to that loop. So for a while, like my songs are usually just the verses are quiet and like the choruses are louder with different drums, but I don't deviate too much on the form. And so I did that for like my whole first record and a lot of the second record. And I would print out those MIDI stems and then give them to a producer who knows their way around to like a, a real, real uh, synthesizer, plug in the MIDI information to that and then tweak the tones on like an actual piece of like outboard gear. Um, and then I would play like drums, guitar, and bass over that, and then that's how I'd make the song. This one was unique in that it was just like a much more, I guess, uh, traditional process where I started it on guitar, and I like, never started anything on guitar. But I like wrote this entire song on acoustic guitar, which I really, yeah, I'd never done before because I'm not really a guitar player. Um, so I was just like, yeah, I I started playing guitar to basically like play my first record live and then I got better at it by like doing that but um yeah this one I started on guitar and kind of like wrote the whole thing and I went into the studio with the producers that I was working with John DeBald and Aiden Spiro I know Aiden so sweet yeah the best he's the best um so we just like laid out a demo classic style and to be honest it's like the only demo I've ever done before I, I I just kind of like went in the studio and what we started with that ended up becoming the final product in some form. This was like the first like, okay, we're demoing it out and then we're going to like redo everything for the record. I had never done that before, but it, it was cool. It, it gave me a lot of more confidence going in the studio. Wait, sure. this is really weird that, that you're not a guitar Because to me in my head, I mean, obviously I make assumptions. So I was, I was assuming that you really, guitar was your kind of instrument that you started with and... Mm -mm. basically what you're talking about doing for this song i thought that was the norm because i hear so much love for the guitar and the songs yeah i'm i'm a drummer yeah so first of all drums are the only instrument that i'm like super confident playing in i know that i'm good at drums I, you know i played in high school and that's kind of the only thing i did and then i started writing songs by being able to uh plug stuff in in midi and like logic and stuff and then I would just write guitar parts over that. And in order to do that, I like tuned my guitar in a really, really specifically weird way that made it so, that made it really easy. So like a lot of my guitar lines are all like power chord based, but I make the power chords so you can just like bar it. So it's not like, it's not necessarily, it's like a drop D with like two of the same drone note in the middle. So I tune the two strings in the middle to the same note and then make the other, the last two strings make it sound like an open chord. So. Uh, it was just like kind of like an idiot proof way to play guitar where I could just do downstroke power chords but make them sound like really really lush chords um and that's kind of how the that tuning is like all what all my songs are in pretty much um and it's weird because I tune my guitar that way because the voicings that I type in on Logic all I don't know my brain just kind of like goes there they're all the same type of chords that I put on Logic but I don't know what they are and when I tuned my guitar to be able to play them it just like worked out uh, and it still happens so i'll still like write stuff on with on, in or in logic and then i'll learn it on guitar and it oh wow it goes like perfectly with this tuning because that's just I, it's just like how i write i don't know it's pretty wacky how that worked out but but 
it makes life a lot easier, a lot harder on my uh, band because yeah. they have to like learn, relearn how to play their instruments. But you know, so it goes. They're great. Okay, this actually solves mysteries, but also is kind of mind blowing to me because I remember when I saw you at that show. I was like, oh, damn, he's definitely doing weird stuff because you're going all the way around the neck all the time. You're not just locked in open chord position and, you know, first fret area. You're all up and down the neck. This is what I remember in my head. It could be wrong. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. And that's why, too, I was thinking that you were guitar based because I mainly work in different tunings. And one of the things I really like about your songs is I'm not hearing identifiable classic chord voicings. That makes so much sense, but that's so crazy that that you come from like a drum background too. Because I read too that you played with Young Jesus, who I've yeah I know those guys. Oh, nice! When I played in that band, we it was a much more straightforward rock band. The songs became organized in like a very like traditional like, pop way, and then when I I just left the band because I was too busy trying to make money to live. I don't know. I was just like I can't do this right now, so I I left the band, and then they they hired a uh just like a super far out freeform jazz drummer and their songs lost like all their structure and then like that became the sort of like quintessential young jesus sound where i and the, i think that it like benefited them a lot um but yeah it was really interesting you seem to like structure and driving like i noticed all none of your songs are really lagging in a way unless it's intentional yeah sometimes my default is because i i find rhythm one of the hardest parts of music is i tend to lag or i don't i don't lock in with a certain beat which i think is something that people really connect to when they hear a song so often part of my process of fine-tuning and finishing a song is being like i need to really feel like i've locked into a tempo or have the section squared away and it's interesting because that just seems so baked into your songs and now it makes sense that you're a drummer. I mean, I could be making no, this it's up. No, because it starts with the, with the drums. So I like, yeah, I pretty much just, I, I write the synth loops as drum parts. So they're all like super syncopated and super rhythmic, almost so that there's not really a choice of what the beat could be. Like it could kind of like only be one thing. Um, and then just super easy to lock into. I think the struggle is just trying to like switch it up and not make it too monotonous and make sure like all my songs aren't just loops over and over again with the same sort of vibe um which is why i think i sort of I, I guess i just like challenged myself with this one to like start on guitar and try and write a more traditional like pop punk vibe so do you i know you're using logic to write but are you thinking about production as you're writing or are you just using logic as like an instrument a tool i was before so in the first album that i did I was like, all right, I'm going to produce this out as much as I can and then really pay careful attention to the VST tones that I'm using and then like try and get it as close as I can, then bring this into a studio and figure out where to plug in outboard gear. And I, I never paid too much attention or thought about like what like guitar tones would be. I always kind of like left that up to the engineer. I'd just be like, I need to play guitar and I want it to sound like this. You know, I'll give a reference, have him dial in the tones and then, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and do it and not really think too much about it. This time I sort of went into it being like, all right, I'm working with producers for the first time. Um, any tones that I pick out on the logic end, I'm pretty sure we're not going to keep. Um, just A, I have access to a lot more gear. And B, this is what 
John and Aiden do. Um, they just are super good at and dialed at finding tones in a way that I'm not at all. So for this project, Logic was like strictly a songwriting tool and not at all something that I thought was going to be a part of like the final, the final, uh, the final tune. Uh, and that yeah, that totally ended up being the case. To me, when I listen to your songs as well, and when I was listening to USA, the lyrics feel like a very big part of it. Yeah, totally. So talk to me about about that and how that comes about. Because it comes across as a, as a main part of your song because your lyrics really jump out. For sure. I think it's the most important thing for me. I don't know. I guess like everything in my, like musically, everything to me seems sort of like an afterthought. And maybe it's just because I I struggle with it. So I think a lot harder about the lyric writing than I do the music stuff. Um, but yeah, it's something that is... A struggle for me and something that I take a lot of time with and there's like real I have really good days with it and I have really bad days with it but maybe it's just like an insecurity thing where I'm just you know the lyrics are the only real voice that people are hearing and it's my voice so I want to make sure that this is exactly what I want to say and that it's not like corny or lame or you know like any of that sort of stuff feel like I sort of like turn into like a insecure high schooler when I'm writing this shit being like is this cool I don't know like blah 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 <laughs> where it, instru- like that instrumental vibe is like alright this will just be like uh, a bedrock for me trying to you know say what say whatever say whatever I don't know uh, but yeah it's uh, it, it definitely takes me the longest and I think the hardest about it and and it's a, uh, it's it's really hard sometimes. Um, but the process is just like kind of me like walk, walking around my living room in circles, six hours at a time, coming up with nothing. And then I usually like smoke a lot of cigarettes. If I can't do anything that, if I can't make anything that worked that day, I like drink a couple beers, and then I think that that'll help. It's like. A, Kind of like a physically like unhealthy process for me, but um, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, it's like I ended up I ended up just like treating myself like shit and hoping that like something something cool comes out of it. But I mean that makes sense. Yeah, that's just kind of like how I do it. Yeah, that makes sense because I think you have to forget the physical in a way, or you have to almost have a meditation like experience where you just allow things to mm-hmm. flow in at least yeah. for me also so you're not being like that's lame before you even explore the rest of it for sure you know so yeah so there's that element of it and then I think yeah just being in places where like you said just like allowing ideas to flow in so there's like the unhealthy side of it that I just described and then there's also like I go on hikes a lot and I like like, like I don't know Hiking is a big, big lyric writing vibe for me. Um, Do you go alone? Yeah. I went on the same hike every day throughout the course of writing this album. It's a trail that I know really well. Like, I feel like I'd be able to do it blindfolded. So I don't really have to waste energy wondering where to go, you know? So I can just, like, be in this beautiful zone, have a place to walk to without... And uh, my mind is, like, totally free to wander, so... I'll start and finish a lot of ideas there. And then I feel like the middle is just sort of just like sitting in a chair and wandering around looking like a 
looking like a nut. Are you bringing a journal with you? Or are you typing it into your notes app? Or are you just remembering when you're hiking? Um, I'll remember as much as I can. I feel like I'll sort of like gather as much of ideas in my brain. And my whole thing is just like, if I remember it the next morning, then it's probably a good idea. No way. And then I'll start to put it in my notes app. I'll start to put it in my notes app as I'm like formulating it into cohesive rhyming stanzas, you know, wow. but I'll try and do as much of it without computers as possible. That's wild. Cause I, I spoke to somebody else on the, on the podcast. I don't e- I can't even remember now if it's an episode that's out or one that's coming out. But my question was, is like when you fall asleep and you have an idea pop into your head, do you write it down? Because for me, if I have that happen, I'm never remembering it in the morning. Yeah. Even if even if I think it's good, but maybe I just have bad ideas then when I'm going to sleep. But it's incredible that you're able to keep it in your head for so many hours. Well, I've had enough success with rem- like coming up with an idea, completely forgetting it the next morning, and then remembering it like three weeks later. But in weirdly a more polished and like better form than like using that. So that's happened to me like enough times where I trust that like if something's good or if, if something's going to stick, then it'll it'll rear its head back at some point. Um, wow. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that happens a good enough amount where I, like, don't. Yeah, also my phone's just always dead. I never have, like, any materials or anything. Like, if I'm, like, I don't know. I'm not great at You're, like, using a stick and, like, scratching your lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> might, might as well. Might as well. Yeah. But, I, yeah, all this is just, like, an excuse to, like, not, um, not have, like, adult shit going on. But... Anyway. So do you think it's just sitting in your brain then? I, I, I don't know. I was I was reading this book about a month ago called American Cosmic, which is really cool. And it's about this woman who's like a religious studies professor and she starts studying all the stuff about UFOs and aliens. But she's studying it through this lens of of not the actual aliens themselves and that as a physical realized thing but more as the way that we are reacting to the information either positive or negative Mm -hmm. and that aside like she meets with this guy that i guess does a lot of stuff i don't know it's it's very vague because he's intentionally very wild and in the tech community and stuff and Mm -hmm. he's come up with a lot of like biomedical ideas that have been very successful but he this thing stuck in my head about his process and he's like I just wake up in the morning I look at direct sun and I drink a huge glass of water and then the idea is just in my head yeah (laughs) and he's talking about ideas for things with you know like bone marrow techno like crazy crazy stuff but it made me think about this idea of creativity and creating things is it lying in your head or is it coming to you or is it a combo of things like how people think of that moment of inspiration yeah i don't know i think my best guess at least for myself would be just like a culmination every single millisecond of my lived experience that's like stored somewhere completely unconsciously you know you can have like a a trigger for it you know that and then all of a sudden it'll just pop in that's how like that's how we remember remember things like it's it's scary to think that like so, sometimes like certain thoughts or memories could be the last time that you remember that ever. 
unless you have a certain like trigger to 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 bring it out um but because music is like my job and i'm like have to think about it so much i feel like my you know my brain is conditioned to open up for those ideas to like creep in whenever they do yeah but yeah i definitely feel like they're they're stored and then and then you just access them so routine is an important part of it then in general you're a routine guy (sighs) no I wouldn't say so. I would. Say, I, I think I could probably benefit in a lot of ways from having a routine. Um, but no, my shit is really, really all over the place. It's really random. I'll have like flashes of a routine. I'll have a routine for like three weeks, but then I'll get distracted and then completely forget uh, what I was doing and then get in like maybe a, a not so great routine for another week. And then I'll get like, sick or like a sinus infection and then I'll get like a a healthier routine after that so it's very like blocky for me in a way that seems super disjointed um I definitely like crave some semblance of a a routine for sure I'm bad at it though because I'm I'm such a terrible sleeper so it makes it really hard Mm. to establish any sort of routine because I try and get whatever sleep I can I'll like fall asleep at like 4.30 in the morning and I have to sleep until like 10.30 or 11 in order to feel like I got eight hours, feel like a normal person next day. Um, so that kind of fucks up the whole deal. I'm definitely not like waking up at 8.30 with an alarm every morning. Well, it's good you're a musician. You know? Yeah, to- oh, totally. So do you react to events immediately by writing? What I'm gathering now is, is that you're not the type of person who's going to get in a fight with someone and then go away and immediately write a song as, no. as and the, you know, a therapeutic thing. Yeah, and those aren't even really the songs that I write. I don't think I've ever written a song about a specific event. I think all, if I'm remembering correctly, I think that every single one of my songs is just about like a a vibe in general. Um, that's like a culmination mm-hmm. of a, like a lot like 10 years of experiences and sort of like a conclusion that I've come to, uh, whether a good or bad one. And I feel like that's like pretty much all my songs. I I don't think I can point to one where it's just, this is about a fight or this is about, you know, overcoming a specific obstacle or or anything like that. It's definitely like, this is uh, how I'm feeling in this time period of my life. And then each song is sort of like a snapshot of that. All Wait has a line about the grocery store, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I really liked that because I'm a big believer in the grocery store as being a place, kind of like the way that you hike. It's a thing that one does a lot. Mm. So your mind kind of wanders when you're in the grocery store. and Yeah. I don't know. It's almost like taking a flight because I feel like I get very existential if I'm alone in, in the grocery store. But your song's kind of about that a little bit, isn't it? I'm taking it as being about anxiety. For sure, yeah. Grocery stores in general are a place that I've always had a really tough time being in. And I haven't really, like, I don't know. I have, I don't know. I don't go to um, therapy. I probably should. But I, I haven't, like, I haven't really gotten to the bottom of it. I can probably assume, based on my experiences with other things, that, first of all, being in, like, a tight corridor like space a being around a lot of people uh, that's no good and then just like the abundance of options and choices you're usually there because you're getting stuff because you have to follow regimented guidelines for like 
a recipe, also something that I'm not not super good at. And then in the absence of a recipe, if you're just like getting the essentials, it's coming to the realization that I have no idea what the fuck like even the essentials are. Um, so it's like all those things wrapped into one. The grocery store is like a really, really, really terrible time for me. And if ever I have to go, um, I get into like a pretty uh, panicky mode really quick. If you if if you've ever run into me at the grocery store, it's not. I, I'm not gonna be like mean, but it's not gonna be like a super fun experience for either us. You're gonna walk away from it being like, "What the hell? That was weird." <laughs> but uh, it's something specifically about that, and it's all those vibes mixed together. That's just absolutely like the worst place for me like I'll, I'll if i'm walking past the door of a grocery store i feel like i'll feel like a physical barrier or like a pressure of moving my body away from that um <laughs> it's crazy i feel that way about certain bars i feel that way about gold line have you ever been to gold line in highland park no I, I, it's like this like cocktail bar it's super hip it's always like super packed and I, I live down the street from it and i've never walked in that place because i just feel like whenever i walk past the door it's something pushes me to like cross the street and it's just like i like hear a voice being like you can't go in there um uh, but anyway i that, that's kind of like different subject but maybe like similar vibe i like it are you spiritual um i don't know yeah pro- yeah i think so i think so So you listen you listen to the voices in your head. Oh. I mean that in a positive way. Oh, yeah. Oh, constantly. Constantly. Like it, yeah. Constantly to the point where I'm like, I've been like just dissociate and that's kind of like the only thing going on and it feels more real than the real world going outside. And it's a bummer sometimes because I really do, you know, there's, I have bouts of feeling like super, super nuts, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely gotten better over the years. But yeah, grocery store is a is a heavy vibe for me. So I reference that in the song. It's just like a place that like just sucks. But the 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 meaning of the song, the I'll I'll wait is that I sort of like give examples of like different things in pop culture that people do to to get better. Um, and then the narrator, I guess, is like just me and that voice being like, "Yeah, I'm hearing you. I hear all of it. I'm good. I'm I'm just gonna like wait it out and." Hopefully this will go away on its own. That's sort of like that vibe. Instead of taking like the steps to take care of these situations, I feel like maybe it's just classic like dude mentality, just being like, I'm not gonna fucking like do go to a breathwork class. It's fine. I'm good. I'm just like I'm just like not gonna go to the grocery store ever. So that's what the that's what the song's about. Big big anxiety vibe. But do you want to a little bit? Is that also what the song's about? Mm-hmm. Like you kind of wish you could let go and. Oh, for sure. Enjoy the grocery store. Go to the breathwork class. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the yeah. big, that's like the crux of the song, that like yelly part. It's just like, I wish I could control every nuance, every thought. Uh, so yeah, it's sort of being like, it's rejecting all like the the vulnerable stuff while em- embracing it in, in certain moments. Um, just trying to make life a little bit easier to deal with, but yeah. Are you really affected by place you know california or or being in chicago or or being at your house or being in a studio like do you find that affects your writing and your lyrics and inspiring you in some way you know inspiration yeah depending on where i am i can completely flip like my routine i guess um california and la for me is like a really place to be outside um 
that's why I like it. I just like, like all the access to like hiking trails and stuff. And that's how I try and spend most of my time. And I will, uh, sorry, I got a text. Um, what was I saying? Place. Yeah. Hiking. Yeah. yeah. So I spend most of my time outside and swimming in the ocean, like all that stuff. I'll become a completely, completely different person. When I go back to Chicago, it's such a heavy, uh, drinking culture that I feel like the only thing to really do, and it's like really fun in certain ways, but it's just like, like go watch sports and drink a bunch of beers and those experiences, it's, it's totally different. and would bring about like a totally different writing vibe. And I have written about that too. Um, but yeah, I definitely, depending on whatever place I am, I'm definitely just like sort of absorbed in that place. And it affects, it, it's, it certainly affects me a lot to the point where I don't feel like I have as much autonomy as I thought I thought I did, maybe. Yeah. Are there any songs or songwriters that are a big part of your f- formation, the way that you created your style? Lyrically? No, I haven't like gotten to the bottom of it yet. And I think that it's probably just because it's a culmination of all all the shit that I've listened to mixed with like my own experiences. I feel like there's too much there to be able to point to like specific references lyrically. Just because within my process, I'm just like sort of like thinking about my own life and writing about it. So it's kind of like hard to attribute that to like a specific style of, of someone else lyrically um musically it's i think it's a little bit easier to diagnose you know any listener of indie rock music between like 2008 and 2014 can pinpoint sort of like the band references that like i'm going for and that was just the era of music that i like really enjoyed and grew up with and was listening to in high school and stuff so so yeah yeah no i can't name i can't really name any specific person so you're not afraid of using weird words which i think is part of what makes you an interesting lyricist from my point of view because don't you say lobster yeah claw? <laughs> yeah. yeah because i i remember i had this experience when i was younger where i had this line i smile down at the linoleum mm-hmm. and i was recording it with someone and someone's like that's crazy they were saying cool that you included it but they also thought it was just so weird yeah and they're like wow that's really brave of you to do that and it, I, it had never occurred to me before in my life that words that stood out or are unusual were considered to be, I don't, maybe taboos too strong, but something that songwriters didn't gravitate towards. Yeah. But it's interesting because you just put them in your songs, but you're not making it the centerpiece. You're not doing like a songwritery thing where you're making a big statement by using one weird word and to make a chorus catchy, like it just really is a part of your lyrics, which I think make it feel very personal and very special. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also just like realizing I never, before I started writing songs, I never realized how, how much you could just like play with the idea of rhyming and then just like have certain words rhyme with like the middle of the word and if you have like longer words you can just like sort of like oh rhyme with like the third syllable or something else or just really sort of realizing that you have you have all the control because you're the one writing it so you could just sort of like bend language to fit in the way that works for your songs just like you're the one writing it there's no you don't have a boss you know 
Um, yeah. Right, and let's, you know, record labels tell you to do shit and they're not going to put it out. But fortunately, I didn't have that experience, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, also, yeah, I feel like lyrics too, is especially with like wanting your songs to like stream a lot and have like hundreds of millions of streams and all that stuff. That's the goal. Um, a part of that vibe, I think, is also can be just lulling the listener into a trance-like state where there's like just like a lot of repetition and stuff and I feel like maybe having a big weird unusual word in there that wakes them up and be like makes them think like oh what was that you know might take them out of it in a way that's like might weirdly not be ideal for uh millions and millions and millions of streams uh, I don't know so <laughs> yeah um that's my problem with music, a lot of music now, actually. And maybe it's a problem with myself, but I don't like vibe music. I really need to listen to a song and I need to have the dynamics of that. Because I think words are very important to me. Yeah. And I grew up around writers, so that's always been paramount. And I feel like when it's vibe music, it's just a wall. It kind of prevents you sometimes from listening to words so yeah i i see i agree with you i agree with you and yeah it's totally streaming that's that's done that but because everything's background music now right right yeah i don't listen to i never have music on in the background which makes me sound like an asshole but i no, if i'm I gonna listen either. to music yeah i just actually sit and focus on the song right yeah yeah totally yeah. totally i'm the i'm, I'm the yeah. exact same way and if it, if it is I'd rather just be not listening to anything than to have, like, background music on. Um, yeah. I hate restaurants with music because I'm listening to it too much. Right. But I don't even like it most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a curse. So are there any particular things that aren't music that inspire you when you're writing films, directors, uh, books? I think it's honestly just time outdoors. Um I really think it's just like being able to spend as much time outdoors as possible. And that's sort of like my motivation for doing this. It's just like I would, this job has allowed me to have more free time than I've ever had, which is like really great. I love that. And like, I, I don't know, at the end of the day, I just love hiking and swimming. And my favorite part about touring, like isn't actually playing. It's sort of the drives in between, just like staring out the window and all that stuff. I'm so grateful that like my job allows me to do that and also draws like so much inspiration from that stuff too um so yeah it makes it easier i just like sort of like shrink down my goals i I don't really have any lofty goals i just really like my life um and i want to be able to continue doing that and like my life right now is like doing a lot of hiking writing songs writing stupid skits for instagram every once in a while and then going on the road and spending a lot of time looking out the window in a car and uh that really works for me so whatever i can do to like keep that going that's like sort of my true true north I'm, like living it it's great what do you think of of nature songs or nature writing because i have a really 
fraught relationship with it where to me it's either the worst thing or the best thing ever yeah like some poets can write about nature and it, and it feels new and fresh and amazing and then other people can write about it and it doesn't feel genuine i don't know i feel that i don't have a lot of examples off the top of my head i'm really not a big reader so i haven't like i don't know any like poems really and i don't i don't i don't know i don't like have a lot of reference points for that but i could totally see how it could be polarizing i personally don't think that i'm capable of doing it and i wish that i was because yeah, that's what i was gonna say yeah i would i had no idea that that's necessarily an inspiration to you because i from the songs i was listening to in your albums like you're not you know doing the nature oh yeah for thing. sure no i'm definitely I, I mean it's an inspiration more it's like those are the zones that i get in where i can get where i can actually find the most introspective i could just like think the best when i'm yeah um out in in beautiful places which i think is like a totally normal thing um but i'm definitely not like looking at the forest thinking right like writing songs about the forest you know um but i do i i do wish that i could i i think that like the songwriting process is still like kind of like difficult and yucky for me at times that there are yeah it's not fun yeah yeah it sucks a lot of the time and and there's some times where i'm just like God, I'm so jealous of people that I can like write about what the sunset means to them, what springtime feels like, or like, but you know, like that, that type of stuff, uh, because that seems fun. Uh, and just, just writing a song, you know? And for me, it's, it's just too much, uh, too much, too much thinking, I guess. But yeah, anyway, yeah, no, no nature songs for me, but definitely like write, writing a lot in nature for sure. Do you have a favorite line on USA? Uh, I know that's a hard question. Yeah. Or or a song that's your favorite. Um, I really like the lyrics to I like the lyrics to Freedom to Fuck Off. Um and then I also like the lyrics to Skip This Line. Um I was laughing about the title, yeah. Yeah, because Skip This One, I titled it that because the lyrics are like kind of like embarrassing. It's just like the whole vibe is embarrassing. It's just like a shitty conversation between two friends who are thinking too much about what the other one's thinking. And it's just like the desire to want this person you care about to care about the same things that you care about in the same way. Um, and when they don't, it's always like kind of disappointing in like an embarrassing way. Uh, so yeah, that's, I don't know. I like, I, I feel like I've experienced that a lot and I was just thankful to be able to like capture that. And it's a fun tune. Are you ever worried that if you're writing a song about somebody like skip this one or, or an interaction that that person's going to find out? Uh, no, because I think it's nothing's ever about a specific person and I'm like pretty consistent with that, but I, I try to write themes that are universal enough to where, you know, like everyone has probably had this experience with someone at one point, if not multiple. So uh, if, if I'm ever referencing a person in any of my songs, I think it's probably a culmination of like a hundred different people that I've met throughout my life uh, and just like kind of like adding them into one vibe because it's ultimately about me and how I'm interacting with anyone in, in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily like a specific time, but like a bunch, a bunch of different times. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. I mean, I sort of asked you everything. Oh, nice. 
that I was gonna that I was gonna ask. I feel do you, you probably have somewhere to bounce to, but um, you gotta go hike and scratch in the sand. Honestly, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm gonna go hit that same yeah. same hike today. Start thinking about the next album, I guess. Sheesh. Yeah, are you really gonna start thinking about the next album? I think so because it's a. I gotta do one, so I might as well start thinking yeah. about it now. It's like you can never start too early because this shit takes a really long time. So, do you think you're gonna do anything different? Do you have any ideas for that? Or are you just kind of letting it come to you? Like, do you sort of as a culminating question? Do you ever say to yourself, "I'm gonna do this in a particular way to make this kind of project or make this kind of song"? No, because if I do that, I'll think way too hard about it, and I'll just bum myself out before I even start, and then I'll just do something else. So I, I, the only way I know how to tackle this step is by not setting any guidelines at all, and just be like, "All right, let's just uh, let's just see what happens," and then, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. That's pretty cool. That's really yeah. cool. Okay, so the new album will will come to you in the in the woods. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, of course. What is your last name? Uh, Martin. P.D. Martin. Yes. Okay. There's another P.D. I- P- There's another P.D. Martin. He's a house producer. He produced Vin Diesel's song over COVID. So I got like a thousand texts the next day with a bunch of people asking if I produced the Vin Diesel song, but I didn't. Wow. I think he's boys with Kygo, but uh, not me. But yeah, Martin M A R T A. Yeah. Okay, Petey Martin. Yeah, because I re- was realizing I didn't know your last name, and I just be like, "This is Petey." Yeah. But obviously, you just go by Petey, so that's perfect. Yep, just like Seal, just like kind of a one name type of guy. Seal, Petey, Prince, Beyonce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> right up. Well, thank you so much. Yeah.